Turn in your Bibles tonight, if you would, uh, to two different uh, scriptures that we're going to read tonight. Turn in your Bible tonight to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read some portions of the Christmas story tonight. And we'll go from Luke chapter 1 and we'll jump over to then Matthew chapter 1. I'm uh, going to read just a, from a couple different places. But as I already mentioned, I love Christmas because although Christmas obviously represents the birth of Jesus Christ and, and that's what it is and that's what we celebrate, that sometimes our focus can get off of that and begin to get on other things. Am I the only one? And we can begin to think about other things and, and you know, going to this person's house and going to a million different parties and, and going to a preview service at Urban. Come on, somebody. You know, and we could do all these different things and we can get distracted and oftentimes we begin to learn or begin to lose focus of what the true meaning of Christmas is. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. But although Jesus is the center of Christmas, I'm sure all of us have traditions. And uh, that tr tradition may have got handed down from one generation to the next generation. And so when you think of Christmas, you don't just think of the birth of Jesus Christ, but you actually begin to think about other things as well. And uh, you begin to think about some of those traditions. I know that at my house, uh, when I was growing up, we had some traditions. And uh, now that I've, I've been married for 11 years and I've been back about uh, for five Christmases with my wife's family, they have some traditions. Now their tradition is, is pretty basic uh, because she didn't grow up in a Christian home. Their tradition is let's buy as many presents as possible. And, and I kid you not, the presents will be as high as the tree, and there'll just be tons of gifts, and uh, it doesn't matter what time you wake up, you wake up and you begin to terrorize the presents. Are you with me? And you begin to look and find the one with your name, and you begin to open it. It's like 500 gifts are opened in like two minutes. How many guys that described your household? few of you. Now my household is vastly different. So this was like, this was like a revelation to me when I went to her house for Christmas. My house is totally different. Now for me, when I'm growing up, I mean a little kid, come on. You want to open the presents. I mean it's all about the gifts. Yes, I know it's about Jesus, but when you're five years old, it's about the presents. And the presents under the tree. But see, in my house, household, things are different. You know, at five years old, I'm like every other five-year-old. I want to get up. I want to get to the present that, that, that I asked for. And I want to find it. I want to rip it open. And I want to find that thing there. And I want to play with it. I want to play with the Star Wars toys. I have a whole collection of them. They're awesome. I still play with them occasionally. I don't have any boys, so I'm trying to teach my daughters how to play G.I. Joes and stuff. It's awesome. Our tradition, though, it was, it was, it was different than that because we would get up in the morning and although I would, I, I would run to the tree and look for the presents, you know, mom would wake up way before we would. I don't even think she slept on Christmas Eve. I think she intentionally stayed awake just to make sure we wouldn't get up and open any presents. And we would get up and I'd go to the tree and I'd want to open a present and I'd just, you know, gosh, the gift. I'm still like that, actually. And, and so, uh, but first mom would come out and she would say, no, no, stockings first. So then she'd pull down the stocking off of the fireplace and she'd bring it over to us and, and she'd set it on your lap and then wait till dad gets up, okay? Let me go get father. And the father would get up and then, okay, now you can begin to open your stocking. But you couldn't just like dump it, right? You had to like kind of pull through. And I don't know why, but my mom always put a uh, bubble bath in mine. It's awesome. It's great. Love it. She still does. It's amazing. And after the stocking, you would think, okay, let's, let's go grab the presents and open the presents. Not at my house, no. Totally different story. Then it's like, let's go make a special Christmas breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And let's do it as a family. And let's each share, you know, in the joy of making a Christmas breakfast. I'm five. Thank you. And so then we had to do the whole Christmas thing, you know, even, you know we'd make this little Christmas reef thing, and, and it was edible. It was weird, but, you know, my mom, I'm, I know when I go back to Seattle for Christmas, my mom will have one. Okay. But I'll sleep through the whole process. Just wake me up when it's time to open the gifts. 
And so then we get to eat that, and then it's like, okay, let's go get the presents. Woohoo! You, you know, we're just we're ready. We go to the tree, and it's like, wait, hold on. What? Um, let's just get the whole family around the tree, and we're going to read the Christmas story first. Okay. But in my house, we read it from 17 different translations. And then, you know, it's like, okay, New King James, right? Let's get out the Amplified. No! You know. And then they would read the Christmas story. Sometimes we would act it out. And my brother, of course, of course would be Mary. Anyway, and so we'd, we'd act it out sometimes. And, uh, but we'd read the story, and we'd get down to the story, and I'd just be like, okay, let's open the gifts, right? No, huh? not at my house. No, then we have a prayer time. And thank Jesus, not just for what he did over the last year, but over the last centuries. Okay, let's all grab hands and let, let's pray now and thank God for what he did over the last 25 years. God, we thank you for what Martin Luther did in the reformation of the church. And, you know, and I'm five, ladies and gentlemen. I just, want, I just want a gift. Are you with me? Do you feel my pain? Are you feeling me? Okay. And so then we get done with prayer time and it's like, woohoo, open a gift. Not in my house. No, no. We have to designate a Santa. And Santa is the only one that can touch the gifts under the tree and has to distribute them. Oh, yeah. But it can't be the same Santa every year, so then we go through the process of picking the Santa. Let's see, you were Santa last year. So, okay, you, you get to be Santa. And then Santa goes and puts the hat on, and, and you would think, just throw the presents out. No, Santa you just walks over to the tree and picks it up and flips it seven times to find the name to Benji. It's me from mom walks it over don't get to open it though until all the gifts are gone you feel in my pain and this this honestly this takes like all day long we start like at six in the morning and finally by six at night i finally get to open one present so all the presents are distributed you know and i'm thinking okay i can open my presents now no not at my house no no because it's not just about the receiving it's about the giving shout out not when you're five, okay? It's about receiving, okay? Are you with me? Yeah. But this is how we did it at my house. No, and the, the, and the whole family, I have three older brothers, and they're all married and have three kids. Oh, yeah, thank you. You feel my pain. And so let's watch them one by one, okay? And we each take a turn. Okay, you open a gift. Oh, look at the ugly sweater you got. <laughs> that looks like the one I gave somebody last year. They regifted it. It's great. And then the next person gets to go. And then the next person. Are you with me? The pain that I felt. But then the joy and the excitement that hits you and all of a sudden you get to that one gift and you open it up because although there's many gifts at Christmas time, you know it's usually just about the one gift that you really, really wanted and you open it up and boom, there it is. And the excitement and the joy of opening that MacBook on Christmas morning. I'm excited. Anyway, we should probably read the Bible. Just wanted to share my tradition with you, uh, and uh, I'm sure that you have similar stories of my agony. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, it says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, which means she was scheduled to get married, to a man who his name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Christmas. Just kidding. Verse 28, and it came, 
angel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. In other words, God's going to bless you. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and hear and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And the Mary said to angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, which means she was scheduled to get married to somebody. Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But he considered these things. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill the Lord, what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let me pray. God, we thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that Lord, you would speak from your word. God, that it would not just be a man communicating words, but God, you would jump off the page and you would speak, Lord God, right to our heart, right to our situation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. There were two little boys that went and spent the night at their grandmother's house about a week before Christmas. And as they were getting ready for bed, the grandma said, hey, don't forget to say your prayers. So the boys, after they got ready for bed, they, they knelt beside their bedside and they started to pray. And the youngest one started to pray at the top of his lungs. God, I pray for a new bicycle. God, I pray for a new Xbox 360. God, I pray for that MacBook that I really, really want. His brother nudges him and says, Why are you shouting your prayers? God's not deaf. The younger brother replies, No, but Grandma is. <laughs> I mean, know that if God doesn't get it for you, Grandma will. Come on, Grandma. 
There's always that one present that we want. There's always something that, that we have in the back of our minds. Maybe it's not something for Christmas, but, but maybe it's throughout the whole entire year. Maybe it's that relationship, or maybe it's for your business, or, or, or maybe it's for something different, but there's something that you want. But I want to propose to you today that Christmas is not about the gift that's under the tree. Christmas is not about that gift that you've been longing for, but, but Christmas is about the gift that God is giving you right now. Christmas is about that present. Well, what present is that? The present that you and I sit in right now. This present moment, this present time, this present hour, this present day, that that is the gift that God has given us. That that is the very thing that Jesus came to give you and I. That Jesus came to be God with us. The Bible says that He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. And I don't know about you, but this last year wasn't the best year in our economy. This last year probably gave some hard things to all of us sitting in this room. And, and you might be thinking about what's 2009 going to look like and what's my business going to look like and is my relationships going to work out and are my kids going to do this? Is, is this going to happen? That going to happen? And you're thinking about future things, but the Bible teaches us that He is not just the God of the future and He's not just the God of the past, but He is the God of right now. And I want to propose something to you tonight that Jesus left eternity and invaded time so that he could be with you right now that he could be with you at this moment because i've learned something i've learned something that only what i do with my present will get me to my future only what i do with this moment in time will get me to the next moment of time the decisions I make right now, the, the, they have consequences, good and bad. And so what I do with my present, as I unwrap my present, and I begin to hold that in my hand, what I do right now, what I do with my finances right now, will affect my future. What I do with my kids right now as I'm training them at the ages of six and four will determine their future. What I do with my business right now will determine its future. The decisions I make in this very moment of time will get me to my future. See, only your past has got you to your present. But only your present could take you to your future. Are you with me tonight? Listen, you don't need to worry about what took place back there. Because you got a new hour. You got a new time. See, Jesus Christ, He left divinity and He invaded humanity. He left all that stuff in heaven for one reason, to come down and be God with you right now. To walk through the things that you walk through, to walk through the pains, to walk through the circumstance, to walk through those difficult times, to walk through those joyful times, to, to be here and celebrate Christmas with you this year. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, came down to be Emmanuel, God with us right now. The Christmas story, if you understand it, is so important. Because the Christmas story, that, that God left all that stuff, He came down to be a part of this earth that you and I live in. And because He did that, now there's many debate on whether the time clock started over when He was born, or whether the time clock started over when He died. The verdict is still out. That's why our calendar year, they say, is about 30-something years off because they don't know if they started counting time again when he was born or if they started counting time again when he was crucified. But either way you look at it, none of that would have been possible had Jesus Christ not come and been Emmanuel, God, with us now. 
Are you with me tonight? Because Jesus said, I'll go. The clock started over. See, up until this time, up until the birth of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, and you can read it, you see that they worshipped God from afar. They would actually have to go through the priests in order to worship God. They would actually have to go through all these rituals and all these, these different things in order to worship God. But when Jesus Christ came to earth, it all changed. Because He's God with you now. He's walking through this moment in time with you. Everything shifted. That's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, when you understand Christmas, you understand that every day you have the ability to unwrap your present. And as you unwrap your present every day, man, there's a gift every morning waiting for you. And that gift is this. It's God with us. That I don't have to go today walking alone. I can walk with Him. Are you with me? I just have to choose to unwrap that present. I have to choose to say, you know what? I'm going to unwrap this gift that you gave me. And I'm going to see where it takes me. The cool thing is this. Is even though the clock started over here. Now think about how significant this is. When Jesus Christ came to earth. Literally the calendar year, the calendar moment, the calendar time started over. It shifted. Everything we do today was based on Him coming. And so, man, there might have been a lot of things happening. There might have been a lot of mess-ups, a lot of screw-ups, man. It might have been a bad year, the economy. But when Jesus came, the first Christmas, it was just start over. Day one, day two, day three, day four. I got good news for you. Last year might have been a bad year. Yesterday might have been a bad day. Last week might have been a bad week. But guess what? It doesn't matter. As I unwrap my present, I realize that he's God with me now. And all of a sudden, everything starts over again. Day one, day two, day three. I don't know about you, but I need that. Because you might not be as bad as me, but I mess up at least once every hour. (laughs) And so it's like, start over. (laughs) Every hour on the hour. Jesus, forgive me. (laughs) I get to start over. He's Emmanuel, God with me right now. This is the significance of the Christmas story. It's so significant that even in the Old Testament, when when Moses was bringing the, the, the people of God into the promised land, they were about getting ready to move and move on and go a little further in the dream that God had given them. And in the process of going after that dream, God and Moses begin to have a conversation. And, Mo- and God says to Moses, said, Hey Moses, I want you to go ahead and take the people, get them ready, and I want you to move on, and I want you to go a little further in the journey. But Moses looks at God and he says these words if you don't go with me I don't want to take one step God if you're not going to walk this thing out with me I I really I really don't want to I don't want to go are you with me God if you're not in the middle of this present thing right now this economy and all that's going going on God if you're not I feel like this I feel that God is setting not just us up but I feel like God is setting our nation up for something supernatural. I feel like God is literally positioning us. Why? Because now we can no longer look to what was known as our strength. We can no longer look to finances. We can no longer look to the economy. You can't look to the stock market. You certainly can't look to your home. 
You can't look to any of those things and, and find some sort of financial help. You can't look to those things. And I believe God is positioning our nation to begin to turn back to its roots. I believe God is positioning our nation. Why? Because when all those things are gone, you only got one place left to turn. But the cool thing is, is he's Emmanuel. God with us right now. I don't know about you, but I need to know that he's in 2009. Because in about 16 days or so, we're going to walk over that threshold. And God, if you ain't in 2009, I'm staying in 2008. Okay? <laughs> I'm just going to stay right here. If <laughs> people try to drag me, I'm moving. <laughs> I want to know that he's with me. This is the reality that Joseph and Mary were confronted with. They were confronted with the reality that, hold on a second. Think about this now. An angel visits both of them. An angel visits Mary and says, Hey, Mary, you're going you're gonna to birth God on earth. Wow. What's that look like? <laughs> it's like I mean, I, what does that look like? I mean, we get to read this story, and oh, it's such a cute little story. And Let's read it before we open our presents on Christmas. Oh, it's great. Little baby Jesus laying in the manger. That's God. I mean, all they know about God to this point is he's massive. Mary's freaking out. It's going to be a big baby. I'm not sure how this one's going to work out, but... Everything they knew up until this point. Now there's a mindset shift. I'm going to, I'm going to birth God on, on... She's confronted with the... Oh, wait a second, you mean the God that we worship from afar? You mean the God that I have to go and, and we go to the temple and we worship? You mean, you, mean, you mean that God? I'm going to bring that God to earth? This is the reality. But every moment... Every day, you have the ability, God, I need you. That's why the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways. In everything you do, unwrap the present. And he shall direct your steps. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll keep you. Why? Because he's God with us. This is the reality that now faces Mary and Joseph, they're confronted with the fact that he's coming and he's coming through them. Let me just give you a couple of things real quickly. As you begin to unwrap your present, knowing that, man, yeah, my past got me to my present circumstance and situation. I made some bad choices in the past. I made some good ones, but I'm sitting right now, today, where I'm at because of decisions I made in my past. But guess what? The decisions I make in my present they're going to take me to a greater future. I, I can choose to complain about what's going on around me or I can choose to say, you know what, God is good. If He's for me, who can be against me? He's going to work out. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. All of a sudden you begin to do that, you begin to feel pretty good. I still don't have any money in my account, but hey, I feel good. <laughs> but you know what? You will have money in your account because the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed having to beg bread. He's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And as you begin to unwrap your present this Christmas, and I want you to think about this up, you know, maybe it's tonight, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it could be Christmas morning. The greatest gift I could receive is my present because it's what I do now that will get me to my future. As you begin to unwrap your present, there's some things you must understand. First, you must understand this. God has a way of interrupting your plans. 
God has a way of interrupting your plans. I know we got some business owners in here. And I'm pretty sure all these business owners that are in here probably weren't thinking, okay, uh, about 2008, man, things are going to get really cruddy and it's just going to be a horrible year. I'm going to plan that in my calendar. <laughs> I'm going to lose lots of money, just barely stay afloat. And I don't know about you, but, but we have a home we can't sell because of the economy. I mean, we could sell it, but we'd take, you know, it would be ugly. <laughs> That, that wasn't in my plans. I wasn't thinking, God, you know, you're going to take me from Vegas to San Diego, God's country. Praise Jesus. It's a moment of silence for San Diego. I love it here. <laughs> Go live in 130, all right? <laughs> You'll be thankful for San Diego. I wasn't thinking, you know, that, hey, I'm going to move in a, in a really bad economic time because that'll be a great time this summer. That wasn't in my plans. But God has a way of interrupting my plans. We see it right here in Scripture. Think about this. Joseph and Mary, they're already scheduled. The wedding date, man, it's picked out. They've gone shopping for, for, for Mary's wedding, whatever they wore back then, and, and Joseph's, whatever he was going to wear. And man, the cake was picked out. The place was picked out. Man, they had this thing rocking, man. We're going to get married. There's the date. It's awesome. And then an angel shows up. <laughs> Hey, Mary. Yeah, angel. Um, you're going to become pregnant before you get married. Talk about messing up plans. Now think about this from Mary's perspective, ladies and gentlemen. This is the one day that most women, anyway, are looking, longing for. They're just like, I'm going to get married someday. Because I've even heard some of them say this. Hey, let's make a pact. You know, they'll find one of their guy friends. If we're not married by the age of 25, we'll marry each other. <laughs> Don't raise your hand, but you know you did it too, okay? Dang it, he found us out. <laughs> and secretly, one of you is praying, I pray they never get married because you really like her. <laughs> anyway. You have your plans, but God has a way of interrupting your plans. And here, the angel or God himself interrupts Mary's plans. and says, Mary, it's not going to work out like that. But here's the cool thing. The Bible says that we plan our steps or, or we plan our ways, but God directs our steps. We make plans. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how it's going to happen. But God shows up at any minute and He redirects your steps. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a real encouraging scripture because it's like, oh, great. <laughs> he could come tomorrow and change things on me. Yeah, He could. But He's God. And if you unwrap your present, you realize, man, go ahead, God. Let's walk this thing out. We plan our ways, but God directs our steps. And some of you are sitting here tonight not being directed anywhere because you haven't planned anything. See, it's not so much about the plans you've made as much as it is that God sees you making plans. And if God sees you making plans, okay, God, I'm planning this out, I'm planning this, I'm being strategic, God shows up, okay, there's a person I can use. And God redirects their steps. If you want God to use you, if you want God to interrupt your life, maybe you don't. But you've got to begin to make some plans. God has a way of interrupting your plans. This, this actually isn't how I had it planned out. I thought I was actually going to be moving later. I thought we are going to be, you know, I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I had no clue where we were going to start the church at. I knew it was going to be downtown somewhere. I was ready to just pitch a tent in Balboa Park. <laughs> you know, we have, we had, uh, we have our, our launch team meeting with us every Sunday morning in our little thousand square foot condo. <laughs> you know, it's awesome. I love you guys. Just waiting for that day to be over. No, just kidding. It just gets so packed, you know? But then God, God shows up. Now, we, we had our last, how many of you guys were at our last preview service? 
Good, so there's a lot of new people here. Awesome. Our last previous service was at the theaters on 5th and G. Worked out great. But this works out a lot better. <laughs> For the same price. Thank you, Jesus. But we get the whole place to ourselves. Kids have a great spot down. God came and I was planning, okay, we're going to meet in the theaters. And God shows up to a businessman here at our church, says, hey, you need to look at this place. And I walked in and I said, this is our home. I could do this. Just don't be going behind the bar and trying to get drinks afterwards, okay? Because <laughs> it's closed. <laughs> You have to come on Friday and Saturday night for that. <laughs> Did I just promote a nightclub? <laughs> uh, just God's good. When he interrupts our plans, man, it doesn't always easy, but it always ends up being good. Yeah. So we begin to unwrap our present. Something else you have to understand that God's choice is based on grace. God's choice when he chooses you. The Bible says he chooses whom he chooses. Is, is, there, is there some thought to that? Yeah, probably on his end there is. But when we look at some of the people God chooses, we're kind of like, what in the world was God thinking? Some of you are looking at that tonight. Like, chose the good-looking skinny guy up on stage. <laughs> okay, so maybe you weren't thinking that. I just hope you were. <laughs> Sometimes we look at God's choice and we're like, Wow, God, you were, praise you. But God chooses who he chooses. And when he makes that decision, it's based on grace. It's not based on what we've done. It's not based on any of that. See, a lot of people preach this scripture and they say, oh, well, God chose Mary because she was a virgin. She stayed pure. God needs purity. Does God want you to stay pure? Absolutely. Does God want you to wait until you're married before you? Yes, he does. But listen to me. If God chose Mary strictly because she was a virgin and she stayed pure, all of us are disqualified in this room. And not only that, you can't tell me she was the only virgin in the whole entire land. I'm, I'm sure there are other virgins. Are you with me? Uh, hopefully there were. <laughs> God does not choose you just because, okay, you've been good enough. Gold star, bing! Old star. God gets to choose me now. No, God chooses people based on grace. God looks at what's inside of you. Because see, here's where we miss it in Christianity. We think that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross because our life was so miserable and our life was so bad and we were such horrible sinners and so Jesus had to come and die for us. But you, you got to understand something. Jesus did Christ and not just die for your past. He died for your future. And when Jesus Christ looked at your life, he realized, my word, there's something inside of that person. Man, there's a great dream. There's a great destiny. There's a great plan. I've got to go down and make sure it happens. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. It's not because life was so bad. And you hear people telling their testimony, oh, man, I was messed up on drugs. And, man, that's a great testimony. Not the fact that you're messed up on drugs, but the fact that Jesus Christ pulled you out of that. And you hear people telling their testimony, oh man, I, I, was, I was doing this, and man, I was stealing cars, and all this stuff, man, my life, and Jesus came, that's awesome. But, but if God only chooses those, then I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid. I'm disqualified. I've done none of those things, and, but yet the same Jesus died for me too. Not because my past was so bad, but because my future's pretty exciting. Are you with me tonight? So here he is, and He's on the scene and he's talking to Mary. And he says, Mary, I didn't choose you because of that. I think, I think that why it points out that she was a virgin is because you wanted to point to the miraculous power of God. 
Not because she was so great, but because God's so powerful. We're just going to cruise. We'll finish up here. Thirdly, you've got to understand, God's blessing may not come the way you want it. God's blessing may not come the way you want it. Hmm. How many of you guys have ever played for God to bless you or work something out in your life? Am I the only one? There's three of us. Awesome. And you prayed and you're like, God, I need you to show up and I need you to do this in my life. And God, I really need you to work and I, I need you to bless me. And then God shows up and blesses you and you're kind of like, it's not what I wanted. I mean, think about this. I mean, the story goes on, and, and Mary, God's chosen you, and God wants to bless you. And Mary's like, awesome! I want to be blessed. That is so cool. God's going to bless. She's running around telling all of her friends, hey, God's going to bless me. I get to get blessed by God. This is so cool. It's awesome. And then she runs back and says, okay, but how are you going to bless me? I'm going to make you pregnant. It's not going to be from Joseph. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and all of a sudden now, she's got to think, wait a second, do I really want to be blessed? I mean, I have a baby without the other stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See, God, God shows up and He wants to bless you and we're like, yeah, sweet! What are you going to do, God? And then he shows up and he's like, I don't want that. I, I want something different. I, I want you to hear what I'm talking about tonight. But God, when he chooses you to bless you, it might not show up the way you thought it would. Yeah, but his, his ways are different than ours. Don't try to figure it out. You just mess yourself up. Some we must understand that when God speaks, I have a choice to make. See, if you read the whole entire Christmas story, there were a lot of people involved in this story. You, you, got, you, got, you got Herod. He was like, okay, Jesus is coming. What am I going to do with it? I'm going to try to take him out. You got Mary and you got Joseph who are like, okay. Everybody had to make a choice. When, when God interrupts time, when God comes into your life, when you begin to unwrap your present, you, you've got to be able to make that choice. And you can say yes or you can say no. I mean, just think about what was going through Mary. I mean, think about this now. Mary's got to be like, if I say yes, what's going to happen? Now, I know we don't think about those things, but if I say yes, see, I'm, I'm scheduled to be married to him. Is, is he going to believe me that I ain't done nothing? Hmm. Not only that, I remember, I remember Susie got knocked up a couple months ago and it didn't work out so good for her. But she had, she had to make a choice after she died. She said, Yes. Lastly, you've got to understand that God is working on all sides. When you unwrap your present, it might look like, man, I don't really know what this is, but you've got to know some God's working on the other side. See, I've got to believe for our nation right now that God's working on the other side. I've got to believe for some of you in here. See, it's not about, you're not, you're, not, you're not thinking about, okay, how can I put food on my table next month? There are some people sitting here thinking, how, how am I going to eat tonight? I just talked to some people the other day. They're just like, you know, well, I don't even know if I have a job next week. It's in those moments I need to know, God, you've got to be working on all sides. You got to do it. The cool thing about this story is while God was speaking through an angel to Mary, God was also on the other side speaking through an angel to Joseph. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. 
Now nobody else can understand this. See, when, when Mary tries to explain her story and Joseph tries to explain her story, nobody else understands it. Why? Because God didn't show up to them. And people, they might not understand you that, man, how do you have so much joy inside of you? Well, I got the present inside of me. How do you have so much? The Bible says to be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies inside of you. In other words, that right now, that while it's a critical time in our nation, it's the most exciting time for the church. It's the most exciting time to be a believer. It's the most exciting time to tell other people, hey, I don't have any money either, but guess what? I still got a smile on my face. Well, why do you have that smile on your face? Because although all these things are going on, my hope is not in those things. My trust is not in the economy. My trust is in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I know that if I'm walking through this right now, He's Emmanuel, God with me. Therefore, He's walking through it right now as well. And I get to unwrap that present every single morning. And here's the coolest part is I unwrap it every single morning. Man, today was a bad day, but guess what? Tomorrow, man, it starts all over again. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Why? Because Jesus came at Christmas time, or we celebrate Christmas time because Jesus came. And now he is Emmanuel, God with me now. God is walking through this moment of time with you. You don't need to worry. You don't need to get discouraged. You don't need to be afraid. I feel this for some business owners because I know there's several in here tonight that you don't need to worry about it. And the Bible says the righteous have never been forsaken. You keep putting God first. I have pastor friends coming to me that have been pastors for a long time and they're saying, man, this must be a horrible time to start a church. I mean, how are you guys going to do it? Is anybody giving? I don't know. We've only had one preview service so far. <laughs> Did you give tonight? I don't know. <laughs> if not, we'll get you on the way out. <laughs> I don't know who gave. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to give. But I also have never started a church any other time. So this is all I know. <laughs> and so I tell them this. I said, no, it's actually a really good time to be starting a church. Because I'm starting a church in a horrible economy. That means I'll get used to whatever comes in, and all of a sudden when the economy stabilizes, all this other money starts, I'll be like, oh my gosh! This is amazing! Let's go buy everybody Porsches! And this is, are you with me? This is the greatest time to be starting a church. Why? Not only because the financial side of things, it's the greatest time to start a church because people are going to start turning to Jesus. Because the Bible says, man, all that can be shaken, let it shake. Only one thing is going to remain, and that's His kingdom. And I know you're going to stand through your storm. I know you're going to stand this Christmas. Why? Because you have Emmanuel, God with you right now. You have Emmanuel, God with you in your present circumstance, and your situation. And man, 2008 might have looked bad, but I'm telling you right now, it starts over. Day one, day two, day three. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray for every person in this place tonight. God, those that are discouraged. God, those that are just feeling burnt out. Now, whether it be through finances or whether it's relationships, Maybe there's some things going on with the family. Or whatever's going on in their life. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them in this moment. That God, these words would not just be words that I shared because it seemed like a good thing to do because it's Christmas. But Lord, these things that I shared tonight, God would bring life, would bring hope, would bring people closer to their dream.